Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. A fixed mind is rigid and inflexible, unable to accept change or anything that challenges currently held views. A growth mindset, on the other hand, looks to learn and improve through challenges and even failures to better themselves. In this episode, we're going to compare fixed and growth mindsets. We'll look at how they view various ideas and ideologies, then conclude with a few ways to develop a growth mindset. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, my spoken Russian is getting better quite rapidly. So the new teacher kind of yeah, did a little bit of an evaluation on me and is like, okay, you know all these words, but you don't have conversations. And so class is like an hour talking in Russian. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was actually had something fairly amusing that happened. You know, they have like these kids books that have like a, a set of pictures in it with, you know, they're numbered and you have to like make up a story going, going yeah. through the pictures. I don't know if you're, I guess we did that as kids at some point. And, and so, you know, it's like, this is. Jose, Jose is from Mexico, you know, da, 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 da. He has a cat and you got all the pictures. And so you get to the end and it's right after it talks about Jose's house. And then he's there with like drink glasses in front of him pouring. And apparently what I was supposed to say is own barman. He's a bartender, but I said own alcoholic. (laughs) 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 Teachers die laughing. I'm like, you know, like I didn't see a customer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. You know, but, uh, you know, when you can kind of sort of halfway crack a joke, that's, I feel like that's probably a little bit of a step. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So other than that, yeah. Well, I mean, we've been a little bit busy, uh, with everything, you know, going on at the moment. You know, the new job is, is going pretty well. I'm kind of settling into the slight change from, you know, not being a, contractor to actually, you know, be in full time. The main thing is like not having to file a timesheet and they're less strict about hours. Um, they weren't strict before, but now it's even looser. <laughs> I've had some difficulty adjusting to, but I think I'll be okay. I, I like to be pushed a little bit. I mean, that's, um, that's just kind of my nature, but I think, I think I'll be fine. So, um, how about you? Dude, it's, it's been rough just trying to take it one day at a time, you know, some days I have to take it one hour at a time, you know, it's, and there are times when I'm really good and then I'll have times I'm like just really suffering. And I have to remind myself, like, it's only been a couple of weeks. Like I, I expect myself to be further along and stuff. So one of the things I, I, I really miss is talking to her like every day, kind of the companionship, the friendship been feeling very anhedonic lately just not taking pleasure in anything that that i'm doing and stuff it's like you know you know how much i i love to eat and it's just been like eh, it's food i need it to you know keep going and not have a headache so yeah that's that's a bummer (laughs) yeah 
I mean, you'll um, get through it. It just takes time. Yeah. I've been going to the gym a lot. Exercise helps. Like really pushing myself at the gym helps. Also, lots of Doctor Who and Lindsay Sterling, particularly the Shatter Me album. I, I don't know why, but I just feel better listening to that album. Also, just recently signed up for Hiking Marathon. It's basically the month of July. You have the the month to hike 26.2 miles at this one park. And so I think it was like $15 to sign up and then uh, you get a t-shirt at the end if you complete it. So I've already gotten uh, nine miles in now. So not too bad. Well, a little over nine miles, 9.05. But uh, yeah, so not not too bad. I've been going like sometimes on my lunch breaks, instead of going to the gym, I'll go hike for a little bit and get you know a mile or two in. And then sometimes in the evenings, I'll be going. And so it's it's been good. Hiking really helps. I don't know. Hiking with friends is good, but hiking alone in nature just it really helps, man. It it's does. like a reset. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like it's funny. It's like I'm feeling bad. I can go hike and I'll feel better. I feel bad. I go to the gym and I just really just push myself at the gym. Not beyond, but just like really push my my limits. And I come out feeling better. It's like I just sort of wear myself down. I, I, I don't know, but it, it helps a lot. And it's helping in more than that. It's like I'm getting healthier and more attractive for when I do get to the point of moving on and, you know, get back out there. Yeah. Well, and so. it's good just to do something. Yeah, that, it, it really is. Like gets rid of the helpless helplessness feeling. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I have been reading a book called Exaholic. This is really interesting. It's uh, kind of based on some neuroscientific research comparing being in love to substance abuse. And so like the theory behind it is that the areas of the brain activated by different drugs were designed to be activated when you're in love. The things that keep you together, that form that family unit, are what these drugs are actually like playing on and like overdoing. And that's why you get those feelings. The thing with it is love is like an addiction, albeit in most cases, a good one. You, you want to be attached that attachment and stuff. However, the end of a relationship can be a lot like recovering from an addiction. I think we talked about that uh, last week a little bit in the episode, but I hadn't started reading this book yet. And so it's really interesting to kind of, read a whole book about that. And I'm only about not quite halfway through it. So I haven't really gotten into the, all right, I don't want to say the 12 step program, but you know, the recovery parts of it done more like read more on like the, the background, of course, just reading about the descriptions of things. I'm like, just knowing that other people have felt the same way and like that, it's enough to have put into a book and be like, yes, yes, that is exactly how I feel. Yeah, it's interesting. So, but yeah, the, that book has been helping too. So, you know, like I said, one day at a time, today hasn't been that bad. I've been pretty focused on getting ready for, for stuff, for the mission trip and stuff coming up. So, but other days have, have been worse. So, our friend Lucas has a very open 
growth mindset. And he will help you to develop a growth mindset for your financial future. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner who owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, and just like us here at CDP, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan, but to also take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. You know, he's oriented towards helping you grow your personal finances and just the quality of life that you have. Mm-hmm. The thing with it is, guys, investing in a financial planning service, it comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions and taking on that growth mindset related to your finances will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. So you don't have to wait to get started. Mm-hmm. And Best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. What that means is that he's not there to sell you a product or to to get you to invest in this or that, but instead his job is to help guide you to a better financial situation. And if you want to hear more about this, you can find more resources and learn more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. So guys, A fixed mindset is limiting. It avoids challenges and is threatened when others are successful. Those with a fixed mindset don't see the point in putting forth effort because they view themselves as either naturally gifted at something or incapable of ever being able to do it. A growth mindset, on the other hand, actively seeks out ways that they can grow and improve themselves. They're always up for a challenge, especially if it means that they will learn something along the way. They see themselves as always growing and progressing. If they don't know how to do something, it's only a matter of time for them to actually learn it. Yeah. The concept of the growth mindset was first introduced by Dr. Carol Dweck, a professor at Stanford University. Her research looked into why some people fail while other people have a tendency for success. In a study of high school students, she found that when faced with a difficult challenge or a failure, some of the students treated it as a learning experience. This attitude was further developed into the term we now know as the growth mindset. Dr. Dweck also looked into how to improve her newly discovered growth mindset. She found that it's better to praise the process, the work, persistence, and strategies that go into accomplishing something. It doesn't help to praise natural talent or abilities if they aren't cultivated. To really develop a growth mindset, a person needs to constantly be looking for ways to improve. This actually dovetails nicely with some parenting advice that I've yeah. heard you know, along the same lines. It's, it's not, hey, you're really talented at artwork. It's you worked really hard at that. Mm-hmm. You took your talent and you developed it into a skill. That's very true. So in this episode... We'll start by comparing fixed and growth mindsets, looking at the differences in their attitudes and how they view the world around them. For each one, we'll talk about how the fixed mindset views the topic, then how the growth mindset views it. Finally, we'll spend the latter half of the episode discussing tips that will help you to develop a growth mindset. Then in the aftercast, 
we'll dive into the neuroscience behind the growth mindset and talk about some ways that you can promote a growth mindset in those around you. Speaking of parenting tips, in your children yeah. or in your coworkers. So it's going to be a really good aftercast. You guys should definitely check it out. So the first difference between the fixed and the growth mindset is the attitude towards learning new skills and abilities. Yeah, the fixed mindset views abilities as something you are either talented at doing or you're not. They see themselves and others as either innately talented or unable to learn or perform the ability. And this makes so much sense because I used to have this when it came to music. I got my first guitar when I was, I think I turned 13. It was my 13th birthday. And like I had seen my dad and my grandfather playing guitar and other instruments for years. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I go in and, oh, I like, I struggled and struggled. I think my parents got me like three months of lessons and I barely made it through them. Uh, Part of it was the teacher was not teaching me what I wanted to learn kind of thing. It was like, you know, you got to learn scales. You got to learn this. I was like, I want to learn to play songs. But also part of it was I saw them having the skill. What I didn't see was the years of practice that led up to them being able to just pick up the instrument and play it. And so I had this fixed mindset as a teenager that I'm not musically talented. Therefore, I can't do this. That kind of mirrors my understanding of my ability to pick up language, right? Like when I did Japanese in high school, it didn't really stick. And it was just a grind, honestly. And I didn't think I could do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And shifting over to being in more of a growth mindset meant that it's like, okay, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to get my hind end kicked by this for a while. And that's part of the learning process. That shift in attitude is probably the most powerful thing that you can do. Yeah, because that, that growth mindset, it basically views abilities as skills that can be learned and enhanced. I, I remember when it kind of started clicking for me with music was actually after I had learned to, like I'd learned software development and programming kind of comes natural for me. And I saw some people, like I, I mentored some people who it didn't come natural for but they put in the effort and they worked hard at it and they were good programmers. They didn't have that natural, just like, Oh, I, I look at code and I can just see exactly what's going to happen and think in those like abstractions. They didn't have that, but they were able to put in the effort to build that up. And I was like, huh, if this thing that I kind of have a little bit of a natural talent at that I've developed, they can come in with no natural talent and, get up to this level, maybe the areas that I don't have that natural talent, I can develop up. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things when you discuss the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset that people get wrong is they'll be like, well, there's people that are naturally talented at something and that's, they throw out the whole theory Mm -hmm. and that doesn't throw out the whole theory at all. It just means that, okay, you have a different starting point. That doesn't mean you have a you know, it doesn't mean your ending point is predetermined. Yeah. And I have seen it. It's in a lot of TV shows too, but there are people who have a natural talent for things, but never actually develop that talent. Yeah. Or don't know. 
Yeah. Well, uh, let's just go with the, the don't develop the talent. They know they have yeah. the talent, but they don't develop it. So yeah, they're starting. It's basically like they're starting a 5k race two kilometers in, but if they don't ever run, yeah, that 3k is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're always going to be just two kilometers into the race. Whereas the people starting way back, if they're running the whole time, they're going to beat the person, even though they started almost halfway up. And that's, that's the thing. That's the way I, I view talent is all right. Yeah. We're all starting at a different level, but it's not like, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters what you do with where you start. I do wonder sometimes how much talent actually exists. I'm almost certain that it doesn't exist in the way that I used to think it did. Yeah. Yeah. And now there are some things like mixing sound and stuff like that. If you can't hear like the different frequencies and stuff, if you can hear it and you're just not naturally talented at picking things out, you can learn to do that. But if you literally don't have the physical capacity to hear it, you're not ever going to be able to mix sound. There's some like, all right, you have to actually have this. And intelligence is one of those areas. It's it's pretty tricky when looking at the differences in the mindsets because it's sort of a difference between the scientific definition and kind of the common understanding of it. So from a scientific psychological standpoint, intelligence isn't something that changes. It's it is a person's ability to learn new things. And so that really doesn't change a lot over the lifetime. Now, a person can learn better ways of learning, but their capacity isn't going to change. However, from the common view of intelligence, that tends to be more knowledge than intelligence. It's like what they know. Knowledge and learning can grow. And so a person with a growth mindset will see their knowledge as something to continue to cultivate over their lifetime. Now, another major difference between the fixed and the growth mindset is where people put their focus. A person with a fixed mindset will focus on the results and the outcome of what they're doing. To them, the outcome or result of their endeavors is tied directly to who they are as a person. Their identity is in what they accomplish. And by the way, you'll see this with small children trying to pick up a new skill. That's completely common. You know, the kid going, oh, I can't swim because they went in the pool one time and they inhaled half the pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is in proper development. That is the concrete thinking phase that with the right teachers and parents, they will grow out of. What happens is a lot of people don't get that the proper encouragement or they see people praising talent and not the work that goes behind it. And so they maintain that fixed mindset. However, a person with a growth mindset focuses on the process and how much they can learn from what they're doing. So they're not overly concerned about the outcome. Uh, like They want to succeed. They want a good outcome, but that's not the biggest concern for them. They're going to work hard, but they know that whether they win, lose, fail, whatever, they will have learned and become a better person because of whatever it is they're doing. And because the fixed mindset considers that the ends always justify the means, they're prone to cheating, 
deception, uh, you know, overblowing what their skills actually are mm-hmm. um, is, is another pretty common one. Yeah. They, they have to win or be successful at any cost because the results are the only thing that matters. You know, the, the ends justify the means. Winning is the most important thing for them. However, being less focused on the outcome leads those with a growth mindset to more collaboration with others as they're able to learn from each other. And this collaboration further leads to greater innovation since they're not competing, but growing. That doesn't mean that growth mindset doesn't like competition. Actually, they do. They enjoy healthy competition. But when I'm talking competition, I'm talking like hackathon type competition, where it's not fighting it out for who's the best and doing whatever it takes, but it's, all right, let's do our best, you do your best, and we'll see what we can learn from each other. And by the way, I'm going to help my opponent grow because I know that that will force me to grow. Yeah. In many circumstances. So the next difference is their reception of mistakes and failures. And we kind of started talking about this a little bit in the previous points, but a fixed mindset will avoid errors or even the appearance of making a mistake. They're going to deny and even argue that they didn't make a mistake because they're embarrassed to show any sign that they are not the best. And growth mindset will openly welcome errors and mistakes. Uh, People with this mindset will see them as opportunities to learn and grow from the mistake. And they're more concerned with growing than appearing to already know it all. And that's really the big key here. It's not, I have to be the best. It's like, I need to be headed that way. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my um, programming teacher, my first programming teacher had a growth mindset in high school. And then I think her husband had a stroke is what it was. And she had to step, step down. And so we got math teacher who didn't know anything about computers hardly or programming, I should say specifically to come in and take over. And she had a very fixed mindset. I'm the teacher. I'm the one who knows and you're the students and you don't know. And so, whereas the, the first teacher was like, oh, you went out and researched all this and you're like really fascinated by this. Let me encourage you. Wow, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Or you ask a question and like, it's, I don't know, let's look it up or let's find out. What did you learn when you looked it up? That kind of stuff. Whereas the fixed mindset teacher was just, no, like stop interrupting class if you ask a question she didn't know. And the thing is, is that makes that's a defensive mechanism to try to make them feel like they're in charge and they know more and it makes them not look like it's completely counterproductive yeah in the worst kind of way (laughs) and i I mean like that's the hardest thing to watch somebody do is Mm -hmm. just literally step on themselves that obviously and you can't tell them not to do it yeah that fixed mindset they just they can't take criticism at all like not even just from a teacher taking it from a student, but like even from a colleague or a superior, like you said, they get defensive and they start to blame others for whatever it is that they're being even feedback. Like, Hey, you need to improve here. They cannot take that. Yeah. It, honestly, they get more mad about that you yeah. know, positive feedback than they do about somebody legitimately getting up in their face. I, mm-hmm. Cause I know several people with this, r- with a really strong fixed mindset and you know, you and I've had, 
good grief. This has been on the Kanban board for how long? Yeah. <laughs> over and over again, because actually because of the same three or four people, largely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, it's just the way that they, like, I know developers who, like, they learned a certain way of doing things. They learned a system and they don't want to change at all. Now, with a growth mindset, those people welcome any type of feedback. Like, even, like, mean negative criticism. Of course, this is, like, your your top-tier growth mindset people. Like, even if it's mean, rude criticism, they're like, oh, you know, I could improve there. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still working on getting to that level. I'm, I'm not there yet. I still, you, you're rude to me. It, it hurts me on the inside. Well, I'm glad to know that. I will continue to improve my rudeness. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm helping you grow, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Cultivating cultivating my challengers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So speaking of challenges, the the next is the way they respond to challenges. Uh, A fixed mindset will run from and do their best to avoid anything that challenges them. This can be challenges to their knowledge or authority, or even just like difficult tasks and challenges that help them grow. Yeah. Whereas the growth mindset will embrace challenges as a way to push themselves harder. They view challenges as fun and exciting ways to learn from the experience. This is one area I do excel at the growth mindset, sometimes to my own detriment, because sometimes I kind of need to step back from a challenge. Yeah. And I'm sometimes like, a masochist gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Along these lines, a f- person with a fixed mindset will give up easily if something they're doing becomes difficult. They're afraid of even the possibility of failure. So if something becomes too difficult or too risky, they will quit, defensively claiming that they don't have the talent or I just can't do that. It's just not in my abilities. Yeah. There's a point, right, where that's rational. Like mm-hmm. if you know, if it's your first time trying to land a plane because the pilot just died and there's another guy on here that can land a plane, you probably shouldn't try to do it, right? Like it's not a growth mindset to hit the ground at 400 miles an hour either. Um, well, see, that's but, that's not a fixed mindset. That's a realistic mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I feel like when we, when we give advice, sometimes it's like, hey, I, I want to, I got to tell you what we're saying, but I've also got to say what we're not saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just sort of important. A person with a growth mindset perseveres when they're challenged beyond their ability. They enjoy the difficulty and they enjoy the, taking the risks because they know that even if they fail, they'll be better because they learn from the experience and they might be able to do it next time. Yeah, that's true. It's not skydiving. Oh, hey, skydiving's fun. Uh, <laughs> and it's a great experience. Speaking of experience, the the last difference we're going to talk about is new experiences. The fixed mindset does not enjoy new experiences. They will avoid them if possible. New experiences are outside of their comfort zone where they have power, so they don't have power in the new experience. And the growth mindset not only embraces new experiences, but they kind of seek them out. They see experiences that push them out of their stagnation as a way to grow and to gain personal power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is it's really funny the the view on the on power. It's like for the fixed mindset, 
new experience. There's like, that's, I don't have control here. I don't know what's going on. No. And the growth mindset goes, I don't have control here. That means I'm going to learn how to take control here. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that is really the attitude they take. The thing is with new experiences, they could lead to failure that people with a fixed mindset want to avoid at all costs. They'll not do something that even seems enjoyable because it's new and they may not be good at it. Yeah, those with the growth mindset are always out to you know, improve themselves and to grow. For them, the new experiences provide a way to find and master new skills that they don't already have. Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked about the differences between fixed and growth mindset, we hope that you guys are just craving to develop that growth mindset in the areas where you don't already have it. So we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about ways that you can develop a growth mindset. And the first part is be careful about what you say and how you think about life, especially when things get challenging, because you're basically programming yourself with your words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a negative inner voice hinders growth and causes you to feel trapped or just fixed in your thinking. Even what you say with your outer voice, like the jokes you make, oh, well, I'm not good at that, you know, joking, that's going to start to impact your thoughts and how you view yourself. Like it's, words have power, uh, not in the, the way some people think, but words have power in what we say over ourselves. Yeah. And the thing is, if you hear something come out of your own mouth, you believe it a lot yeah. easier, mm -hmm. even though you know that the source is not credible <laughs> in many cases. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really, <laughs> um, you know, instead of viewing a difficult task as not possible because you don't have the talent or ability to do it, say to yourself that you're finding it difficult because your skills are still growing and you're learning. And another thing, and this is something I've seen you do a few times that I've pulled this crap before too, is go, well, if I fail, at least it'll be a good story. Yeah. I, I worked with a, a psychiatrist when I was working at the psychiatric hospital and he would work the weekends a lot with us and come down and just have lunch and stuff. And he was telling me about uh, this woman that he was talking to online and wanted to meet up and he was telling me about her. I'm like, oh, she is so wrong for you, dude. She is so wrong for you. But he loved to tell stories. And so he was like, he was asking me my my opinion. I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you not to go out with her. But I will say this. If you want a good relationship, she's not the person to go out with. If you want a good story, she's the person to go out with. So the next week I heard the story about their date. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he probably grew from that experience. Like well, what was what was funny is like I, I, I couldn't disappoint. <laughs> yeah. Um now another thing that you and I both do is we employ the power of the word yet. When you want to say that you're not good at something, because it's gonna come up, you're gonna say I'm not good at it. And especially if you're still stuck in that kind of fixed mindset, it's gonna come out of your mouth and then you're gonna realize you said it. So don't stop yourself from saying, I'm not good at this. Just add the word yet after it. You know, for example, I've been fighting uh, CSS the last two days, and you know what? I'm not good at CSS yet. <laughs> 
I'm not good at dodging CSS yet. That's actually the skill <laughs> I want to cultivate. <laughs> I knew you had something funny to say on that. I, yeah, I mean, I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry, I, you know, I've tried. No. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I would probably be reasonably good at it if I actually enjoyed it, but I just can't get there. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Although I say that as somebody who's currently drinking an IPA and I hate IPAs. Normally, yeah. But this one's actually pretty good. And I don't know what it's called. But, you know, the thing is, it takes time and practice to get yourself into a growth mindset type of thinking, especially if you've been stuck in a fixed mindset. You'll need to practice a lot of self-awareness, but don't beat yourself up if you struggle with it. Because, again, you know, this is kind of a meta growth mindset. I have to learn how to function in a growth mindset. And it's also a skill that you learn. Yeah, that that is so true. Next, develop a sense of purpose for your life. Yeah, if you feel that your life has a purpose, then you need to take time to actually define what that is. Write it down, create a mission statement for your life where you have your purpose and all it encompasses. I haven't exactly written down a a um, mission statement so much as I've just kind of internalized things. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with writing it down is if you're moving from a, a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, it will help you with that process. And this is not something that is static. It's something that changes with time. I mean, my purpose in life... 10 years ago was to become a doctor, a physician, I should say, because I might still end up getting a PhD, but you know, so yeah, my purpose then was, was to do that. Uh, My purpose has changed a couple of times since then. And that's good. That's like, that is growth, but having a purpose, knowing what you're, you're, you're doing is important. If you don't have one, spend some time reviewing the things that you value in life. List out your accomplishments and sort of like look for a direction your life is heading to this point. For some of us, it's going to be a very zigzaggy line and, you know, maybe some loop de loops and like curls and stuff. I don't know. Drunkards the walk. Yeah. 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 Uh, for others, it may be more direct, you know, and it, the more direct it is, the easier it's going to be to come up with a purpose. Honestly, if you, you've got a straight line from this, then you probably already know your purpose. But um, yeah. From there, you can start to define where you're going or where you're going now. So like, you can see a trend and be like, all right, well, you know, I might have been a little all over the place, but I keep heading toward this, you know, because if I I look back at my life, yeah, I did psych, I did medicine, I did this, I, I did sales. But all throughout it, I was still doing some coding on the side, playing around with it, like, it's I've always been doing a little bit of that. And, you know, once you have your purpose and have it documented, you know, actually pursuing it, focusing on it as a goal will help you a lot. It's going to push you to grow and become better because, you know, once you know where you're going, you can actually speed up. Mm-hmm. During your pursuit of your purpose, make sure to value the process over the result. That's that is key in this point like that's the kind of the linchpin it's the process of getting there that is important the journey that leads to growth not the destination you also need to build up your ability for self-acceptance and self-approval avoid getting your validation and approval from the people that are around you 
the need for external validation will often prevent you from fulfilling a growth mindset or getting where you want to be in life because those other people probably don't have your mission in mind. Yeah. Um, there's a reason I put this one after the purpose. Like they're, they're in order for a reason there. So it's like you had a purpose. Yes, I did. Uh, the purpose was to create an outline that made sense. But yeah, also it, it, it flows. But uh, now I, this is something that I struggle with because uh, my personality type my love language is words of affirmation. And if I am not careful, I can let other people control how I feel about myself. Yeah. And so what I had to do, and what if you're struggling with this too, in becoming more growth mindset, having more of a growth mindset, eh, whatever. What you need to do is to start trusting in yourself and allowing yourself to provide approval and acceptance for the things that you're doing. Sometimes this literally means just repeating stuff like positive affirmations. And I, I, I was doing this while hiking today, to be honest with you. Like, you know, just like I, I said it once and I'm like, I don't believe it yet. I said it again and I said it again and I said it again. It goes back to that words have power. I was just speaking that over myself and I just kept saying it over and over again until I started to feel it could have also just been that I was like climbing a hill and it was a bit winded, but still I felt it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just remember that there's no one other than yourself who you need to impress. Yeah. And if you feel like there is someone that you need to impress, you probably ought to really examine why that is because it, it may be Mm -hmm. the thing that's standing in your way, honestly, of growing. As you do this, you'll also stop pretending to be somebody that you're not just to get approval from others. When you do this, it doesn't make them like you more. It actually makes you appear fake at best. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's funny how the things we fear or when you're going from that fear mindset and that fixed mindset, it, it's funny how the things that you do, the re- reactions that you have actually make it worse. Going back to last week's episode, it's like like during a breakup, you feel like, like I just, I want to just tell them, like apologize and beg. And like, you just have this, this agony to do that, but you have to stop yourself and go, what is that going to accomplish? Because the only thing it's going to do is make them look worse at you. But if you like show respect and give them distance and be like, all right, you know, it's over, step away. You may not like ever get back together, but they're going to have respect for you. And the people around you are going to have respect for you. And people are going to see that. Yeah, you will too. And and people are going to see that. And that's the thing. Now, guys... This process to become authentic, it takes time and a little bit of self-awareness. You need to do a lot of reflection on your motives and work on yourself. And I'll be honest with you, from experience, the reward is amazing. You will be free to actually pursue your goals when you are not letting other people control your validation. 
the next tip here is to learn to run towards the challenging or painful tasks. You may be scared of difficult or challenging situations. And when they come up, take a moment and reframe the situation in your mind. Look at it as an opportunity instead of a potential for failure. Yeah. Um, The thing with the growth mindset is failure is not only acceptable, but it's expected. The fixed mindset fears failure. And so in order to get to the point where you where you want to fail, you have to start turning failure around. I'm kind of reminded of when I was in sales training. And I think we talked about this in the sales episode and in probably in a couple of others. But we would go out and because uh, we were doing, it was business to business insurance sales and kind of cold calling type stuff. We would not be given a task of, all right, get this many sales, we'd be given a task of get this many no's, fail this many times. Because the the goal was to get you over the fear of failure by saying your task is to fail. Yeah, but not fail on purpose. It's like do your best and understand that it's not going to be good enough the first few times and that you can survive that. By shifting your perspective, you'll start to see challenges as learning experiences and ways to grow and better yourself. Don't shy away from them, but instead actively seek them out. Yeah. So similar to failure, seek out things that challenge you. It's one thing to reframe challenges and failures when you're faced with them, but to really get into that growth mindset, start looking for ways that you can be challenged. When given an option, always choose the harder path. That will teach you something. You know that's going to make you grow. There's a process here. You start with reframing failure, and then seeking out things that might cause you to fail, and, and then you just you drive for it. Yeah, I mean it's tough, right? Because when you chase challenges, it does force you out of your comfort zone at least if you're going for appropriate challenges. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is you should be looking for new experiences and things that make you a little bit nervous or even a little bit scared because that's that's just kind of necessary to actually grow. Uh, Overcoming Mm -hmm. fears will amplify your growth and your progress into the growth mindset. And by the way, once you've done stuff that scares the crap out of you, when you have a friend that's about to go through that, guess what? You can actually advise them and help them get through it too. Oh, yeah. And you do enough scary stuff or things that scare you and your bar starts to shift. Once you've jumped out of an airplane, a lot of things are not scary anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you survived. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if you didn't survive, nothing's scary anymore because... <laughs> what does it matter? But you know, <laughs> I hit the ground so hard I dug my own grave. Uh, wow, <laughs> Wiley wow. Coyote over here! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were unsuccessful at being Wiley Coyote, which is important. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that next, speaking of Wiley Coyote, set yourself up for success by being realistic in your pursuit of growth. It takes time to learn a new skill. 
Like, don't expect too much of yourself too quickly. This is something that I struggle with because I like to set really high goals. But the higher your goals are, the longer it will take to get to them. And that's just something I, like I said earlier, I, I've been reminding myself I have to, like almost once or twice a day, that it's only been a couple of weeks since the breakup. And it's okay for me to still feel this way because I have this goal of getting over it and moving on. But literally the only thing that's going to help with that is time and distance and just working through all the different things. And that takes time. And so when I, I be good all day long and then I'll just like some random thing will remind me of her and I'll be in tears because I'm cooking dinner and I saw a spatula that she gave me. I don't know. That happened the other day. Yeah. I don't even know where my spatulas came from. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one on you there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's a new one showed up the other day, actually. I mean, and like I, I had to remind myself after that, I'm like, all right, it's okay to still be dealing with this. It like, you know, it takes time. And the same thing with learning a new skill with, Growing, it takes time. Having big goals is a good thing, but you still need to break them down into tasks that you can actually accomplish and reward yourself when you accomplish those things. This keeps you from getting discouraged because, you know, like you, you're not going to reach the the end of the big goal very quickly if it's if it's a decently sized chunk of work and it, and it yeah. requires skill growth. So the only way that you can actually move forward is you, you break it into pieces. You say, okay, I'm going to reward myself when I get to this point with this thing because, you know, that, that kind of gets you the, uh, I guess, like the dopamine fix mm-hmm. for accomplishing something, which encourages yeah. you to move on. And understand that you will struggle with some tasks when you do remind yourself that it's acceptable to not be good at it yet. This goes back up to the the first point that we had under here, especially using the word yet. Like it is that's a very powerful word, but you're still learning and growing. So it's okay to not be good at it yet. And when you learn to do something difficult, it's you know, the breakthroughs really don't matter. It's the consistent work, just day in, day out. Honestly, that's how you get the breakthroughs usually. You know, but like if you're if you're going, well, if I'm not good at it this time and I wasn't good at it last time, when's a breakthrough going to come? It's like it, it doesn't come because you're looking for it. It comes because you sat there and you did the work over and over again and suddenly mm-hmm. it clicks. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're done working. Like right. I remember. OK, this is going to to the musicians out here. This was, mind you, a few months into learning to play the guitar. I was struggling to transition in and out of a G chord. I'm still working on my bar chords, uh, getting better with them, but uh, I was still I was struggling just in and out of the G chord because most of the other chords were three fingers and that one required four. And so just like going in and out of it was just a struggle. And literally my guitar instructor said, just transition, just in and out, in and out, like back and forth a hundred times a day. So... I would do that as fast as I could, which was very slow at first. So I did that for a few weeks and I didn't notice any difference. But then one day I went in for my lesson. I've been doing that 
and we were playing and I just like G chord was coming up. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a struggle. And boom, I hit it. And I was like, huh, kept on going, hit it again and I hit it again. And you know, it was there, but then I had to go, I had another song where I had to go from a, I think it was a C to a G that was a bit more challenging. And like, I was very, very tempted to make it a G seven, but you know, it's a guitar player. I was going to say like, Will's looking at me like, I have no, no, no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you went um, from a C to a G like a DNA. <laughs> like my, my brain just did not follow that uh that particular skein that you were yeah, that you were yeah. walking down there no it has to do with the the finger your where your fingers go on the guitar to make the chord and it's just like a big shift there and so like i had to practice that one so it's like once i got the breakthrough of getting like of getting that chord then it was like i have to keep practicing to get it from other areas like to get in transition in and out from other so gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So another tip is to get started with a Goldilocks task to motivate you to grow. Every journey has to start somewhere and you want to start your journey towards a growth mindset at the right place with the right setup for you to push yourself and to maintain your motivation. Yeah. A Goldilocks task is something that you can do that will not be too challenging, but it will cha- push you a little bit. You don't want it to be so difficult you can't overcome it. It's something that is just slightly beyond your current abilities. Yeah, you want to find a task that is um, just barely outside of your comfort zone. And this will be something that you have to research and maybe use a little bit of trial and error to achieve. It's not something that you could just quickly do. Like, it's not a simple loop. You yeah, know, it, it may be doing a callback and you're if you're not familiar with them and you have to go figure out, all right, how do I do this? Um, it's just something that pushes you to grow and to learn a little bit more. It's not too difficult. So it's not like, all right, I'm going to learn this whole new framework. No, but it may be something like, all right, I've only been using 50% of the framework I'm in. So I'm going to, oh, I know that this has some other functionality that I'm going to start learning how to incorporate that into my code. Yeah. I mean, the big deal there is to not pick something that is so difficult that you can't proceed with it. You know, if it's too easy, you don't grow, but if it's too difficult, you may get discouraged and actually go back to a fixed mindset and give up. And a lot of times you'll be stuck there for far longer than you would have if you had just taken a smaller chunk. Next, allow yourself to fail. Understanding that failure is part of the process. You will fail, but that is not the end of the world. You have to remind yourself that failure is part of the learning process, and without failure, you can't grow. I almost put in a point here talking about agile, but I was like, eh, it doesn't really like really flow. But I, as I was writing this, I was thinking about like the whole thing with like the whole reason agile was invented was to fail early and often because under the strictest of waterfalls you would get the specs and work on it for months or years without any feedback and then find out after you've been working on it for all this time it doesn't even do what they need it to do because 
things have changed or the specs were wrong or they just didn't know what they were asking for. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like we have to acknowledge that specs are wrong occasionally. That's weird how that works. Specs are wrong? Yeah. Never. They're the infallible truth. <laughs> just yeah. Uh, it's it's really easy to think that people are going to look down on you or will think that you're weak if you admit to failure. But the thing is, the opposite tends to be the case because people look up to people who are strong and confident enough to admit that they're not perfect. It's actually a signaling mechanism. Mm -hmm. No, you're not perfect. And hiding imperfections only makes you look conceited. It also prevents you from being able to really improve in your weaker areas. So what you need to do is just own up to it, acknowledge and accept your own imperfections so that you know where to focus your growth. Also, by owning up and admitting to your own imperfections, you kind of short circuit any negative comments that people are going to say because you've already said them. Yeah, it's like the thing with uh, Eminem and 8 Mile, right? Yeah. I bet there, there's somebody out there going, wait, we'll just reference that movie? <laughs> yeah, we'll seen a lot of weird movies. I've seen a lot of stuff, yeah. <laughs> just, I've seen some things. Uh in the same light, understand that others have imperfections too, which is a lot easier once you know that you have them. You've got to be patient with them, especially when they're working on improving themselves. This kind of mindset makes you a better member of the community. So finally, seek out those who will give you feedback, both positive and negative. Getting feedback on finished work will help you do better the next time. However, when you can get feedback during the process, you're able to improve as you are working, you know, the whole agile thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And look for people in your life that you trust and who will give you constructive feedback. You want both positive and negative feedback from them, because if you only get one or the other, it's not going to help you grow. Guys, this can be difficult. Really, like for someone who is words of affirmation, it can be really difficult because criticism is hard to accept, especially if it's like really mean. Or if it's something that you've worked really hard on, what you have to do is try to find the gift in the criticism. What that means is that look for it to be something to make you better. Yeah. Even if it is mean, there's something there that's useful. Mm -hmm. And so when you're criticized, instead of getting defensive, thank the person for helping you see where you could improve. If they meant it as a way to help you improve, they'll be impressed that you took it that way. And if they meant it as an insult, you'll have turned it around on them. And frankly, you'll be ticking them off even more. Giving <laughs> you more positive, more useful feedback for yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So guys, when you look at your life, you're likely to see that in some areas you express a growth mindset, but in others, you may have more of a fixed mindset. This is completely normal. You'll have areas where you're further along or have a better understanding. Your life is not likely to be all fixed or all growth. You will have some areas where more growth and other areas where you're more fixed. The goal is to recognize the areas where you have a growth mindset, determine how that mindset is different than the other areas, and then apply that to those areas where you have a fixed mindset. The tips provided here are to help you when you do recognize an area of your life where you've had a fixed mindset. Use them to not only recognize the mindset, but to move toward a growth mindset in all areas of your life.
in the aftercast, we're going to dive deep into the growth mindset by looking at the neuroscience behind it and how you can promote a growth mindset in those around you. That pretty much wraps it up before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, since you actually gave me a heck of a segue there, man, I appreciate that. Feedback loops are extremely important. And I just want to throw something out there as a way to think about improving the people around you that may be a little bit more useful than criticism. If you go in with a mindset of nobody's code sucks, their feedback loops suck. It completely changes the way that you'll interact with your team when you code. You know, somebody writes code that isn't you know, performant when you have a large database and it gets out in production, right? And problems occur. And nearly every organization has that or they aren't big enough yet to run into it. You could say that, hey, this other developer's code sucks and you know, they're, just, they're just a bad coder. But what's really going on is they have no way to know that their code isn't performant. They don't have a feedback loop coming in and going, hey, this is, this is causing a problem, right? They may have 100 records in a table where in production you have a million. So if you look at it and go, okay, their feedback loop sucks, how do I fix that? All of a sudden, now you are potentially load testing on their machine while they're developing. You know, you're going, hey, this thing's going to be dog crap slow if you write bad code. They're getting a better feedback loop. And, and the nice thing about this is, one, you're not being negative towards another person. You're not making them feel like they have to defend themselves and you're not having to be hostile. It's just like, hey, we noticed this. This is a way that we can fix it. And it sets them up to actually grow. If you start to kind of look and, and notice feedback loops in your life, you'll, you'll start noticing a lot of stuff that you initially thought that the other person was defective or they had a bad worldview or they just stunk at something. And a lot of times that's not what's going on at all. What's going on at all is they don't know. And so if you're, if you're aware of that, you can kind of control things. The other thing you'll also find is a lot of times you're contributing to a feedback loop that isn't helpful. You know, you're positively, you know, giving somebody feedback as they destroy their own life. Or you're inhibiting somebody from taking control of their own life and, and making it better. Uh, once you start acknowledging feedback loops, uh, it'll give you a tremendous amount of personal power. So I just want to throw that out there as something that goes with the growth mindset is that kind of understanding. And that's pretty much all I've got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash complete developer podcast you'll get extras including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons you can also follow us on twitter at complete dev pod like our page on facebook and follow us on instagram to keep up with news about the show join the conversation anytime via slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com thanks for listening see you next time